Let's get educated. That's why we're here, to bring you the stories impacting K-12 classrooms and college campuses. It's time for a little education. Hello everybody, it's me, Katie Petrick, joined by the sharpest dresser, at least this side of the Fox River, Mr. David Fiorazzo. We've got some interesting things to talk about today, including some fun facts about the two of us. But first, let's head to Arizona, where parents in one school district are making waves after announcing the creation of a new classroom expectations list that holds teachers and school accountable to the <gasps> families. All right, I like this one. You guys are gonna like it too, especially you parents out there. Promote politics on your own time and your own dime. Uh, parents in Arizona unveil school board expectations, which we will get to in a minute. And this is the list for the new school year. So here's the deal. In Arizona school district, and I'm sure a lot of school districts across the country send out these lists of classroom here expectations for the kids, right? And this prompted some clever parents to fire back in a way and submit their expectations for the school and the school board. I thought this was brilliant. So let's see this first video and check it out. We've all just gotten through our back to school phase here in CUSD. And our wonderful teachers have given us families their classroom expectation sheet so that we can be in the loop on what our children are expected to do to succeed in the classroom, which we parents always appreciate knowing from them. Likewise, we parents see the wisdom in reciprocating with our own page of expectations for our children's school district. Well, that's pretty interesting. And yes. so that was uh, Jennifer Elvey, who went to the school board, spoke, or I guess virtually, spoke on behalf of nearly 2,000 parents for the Chandler Unified School District. And it's if you think you've heard about the Chandler Unified School District before, well, you may have because we've talked about them before. And Jennifer Elvey has been speaking up on behalf of the parents for quite some time. Uh, last year, it was they were actually going to hold a retirement event for their outgoing superintendent. And that was all a-okay. We can have this big retirement party with, well, limited number of people and, you know, social distancing. <laughs> but at the same time, the school district canceled prom and limited what was happening with graduation. And initially, you were only allowed, if you were graduating, to have two guests, and then they had to up it to the four guests because they actually had the outgoing superintendent party was getting four guests or more. And, and so the parents are, have been like, why are you doing this? We don't care that you're having an outgoing superintendent party. That's awesome. But you can't then turn around and say, but no prom. And uh, kids, you can't really graduate and have your family there to celebrate but it's okay, have some cake if you're going to the graduation or the uh, retirement party. Yeah, double standards, right? Um, the school board reportedly broke the trust of many parents after financing training for a critical race theory adjacent program for educators called Deep Equity. So the first expectation calls for all materials purchased or produced by the district to be available for public review upon request within a reasonable amount of time. So that's the increased tra transparency. So Katie, you go ahead and take the second one. So we're, yeah, as you said, the increased transparency, but products produced in school to be available for public review. So what we're saying is, or what they are saying, I should say, is that they need to actually have, it ties in the next one, curriculum being accessible to the district. Yes. 
allow the parents to see what you're actually putting out there, see what our kids are going to be seeing. We should, as the parents, be allowed to see all of these things. Yeah, imagine that. We should be allowed to see it if you're a parent. And uh, how about increasing accommodations in the classroom? That's another one. That's another expectation. Going to the next one, and it is transparency on students. Oh, this is good. Technology uses. How are they going to do that one, Katie? Well, yeah, basically they, the entire thing that the parents are looking to do is just basically have transparency on what's happening, what the kids are, again, are seeing so that the parents know that whatever is being seen by the students, the parents have access to. And so that then allows the parents to know exactly what's happening in that classroom and how technology is being used within it too. And wow, the best one, I think, obviously, is the no politics in classroom as if that should have been <laughs> necessary to put on any, well, we shouldn't even have these expectations being necessary. They should right. just be implicit, they know it. But no politics in the classroom. As you said, do it on your own time and do it on your own dime. We, we have another clip of the mom being interviewed. Let's hear from her. You know, we started school a month ago. We just had our first board meeting and I thought, you know what? This would be a good time to reestablish some expectations as far as what we parents also expect back from our district. If, if the district wants us to support our kids, which obviously we wanna do, then we also wanna make sure the district understands what we parents are looking for from our kids' schools. This seems pretty common sense to me, David. Yes. Yeah, but not a lot of parents around the country are probably doing this. this so is it true. is a great idea, guys. If they have expectations on your kids, you should, ha I mean, parents do have expectations, but you don't communicate them with these school boards that have all the power, they do whatever they want. But yeah, I agree, Katie, that no politics in the classroom is huge because they're teaching politics and pr primarily it's one view, right? But they requested that also that the district not sick law enforcement on them improperly after the school board coordinated with law, and this is the last bullet point, by the way, the school board coordinated with law enforcement and um, to spy on parents, actually, last November, the district's governing board enlisted police in identifying and spying on unmasked parents. Ooh. <gasps> uh oh, and uh, school board meeting. So th at school board meeting, this is just really amazing that they would do this. Of course it is. And so, I mean, that right there showed the parents, it's like the school board, they showed their hand by, by doing that to the parents. And the parents said, all right, you want to play this game? Yeah. We're going to turn it back on you and see what actually happens and comes from it, which is, uh, I'm happy that they did it. I'm sad that it was even necessary. And you said it well right there. We can wrap that one up. All right. Still to come, a Wisconsin school board fights for real education, banning pride, Black Lives Matter flags from classrooms. That's next. Stay with us. If you have a smartphone, tablet, Roku, or Apple TV, consider downloading the Freedom Project media app. It's 100% free and includes all of our weekly shows, plus lecture series, archive programs, and award-winning animated videos for families like the Presidential Minute, Battles of America, and Heroes of the West. Don't rely on the social media giants to keep you informed. Simply download the Freedom Project media app from your app store and allow notifications. And we'll let you know when a new video is ready. All right.
right, let's start a trend. A Wisconsin school board voted to prohibit the display of LGBTQ pride flags and the Black Lives Matter flags in the classrooms. Uh oh. Cattle Moraine School Board in Little Wales, Wisconsin, examined a policy that prohibits educators and staff from promoting partisan politics and sectarian religious views. <gasps> Why, thank you, Kettle Moraine School wow. Board. I do approve. Now, Superintendent Stephen Plume said that teachers and administration will not have political flags or religious messaging in their classroom or on their person. He clarified to include pride and Black Lives Matter flags uh, are included in that. Now, the board approved the policy at their meeting, claiming that the flags are a violation of the code of conduct because they are political. And we've been saying this for years. Oh my goodness. Pride flags and BLM flags are political because the, the way they are utilized is political. And so the vote actually also included uh, prohibiting teachers from including their pronouns in email signatures, as Plume had said. And at this school board meeting, it's, it's quite interesting, and we'll take a look at a video showing you exactly how full the school library was for this school board meeting. But they had public comment open at the school board meeting, and they had to limit it to an hour uh, because there were just there were, it would have gone on forever. But let's take a look at what the news had to say. In a place that's normally known for being quiet. Not controversial. I am not political. I am a person. Students and parents loudly share their opinions with the Kettle Moraine School Board. I don't see a good reason for this policy. Almost every inch of the library was filled Tuesday evening because at last month's board meeting, the school board voted to ban teachers from having pride flags in classrooms or listing pronouns in email signatures, saying it was too political. The fact is that the majority of students don't want or need this, so catering to the minority only encourages the envelope to be pushed further. Several people spoke in support of the policy, but the majority of public comment was strongly against it. Pride flags are not me taking a political stance. They are a statement saying I accept myself and others. Well, uh, we have Christine Donahue, yes. who is an attorney of the American Civil Liberties Union in Wisconsin, and she actually spoke out at the meeting. Yes, the ACLU, otherwise known as the Anti-Christian uh, Lawyers Union, uh, that's a national thing too, but the one in Wisconsin, um, I, I kind of go back and forth on this one, but here's what she said. If you have a policy that says nothing political, all right? What do people interpret as political? Does that mean you can't have a sign that says support our troops? How about believe women? How about save the planet? So support our troops would be more maybe a Republican thing. I don't know. It's an American thing if you ask me. But believe women, right? That's the women's right, the, the, the women's march, the, the radical code pink and all that for Planned Parenthood. But save the planet. That's a radical environmentalist movement. And, and it's all about you know um, environmentalism and climate change. So those are political things. So Katie, I wonder where they would draw the line on what is deemed political and what is not. Well, and and that's the question, too, because according to Christine, uh, she says that by some people's definitions, all those things are political. Yeah. And, and how about we just go back to uh, having classrooms that have the map of the United States, maybe the American flag. Is that is allowed, that, though? Is that allowed? Is that too political? Is, is I mean, that allowed? The, what is allowed? <laughs> we just don't know. How about it? Ha we don't put in big slogans of things? How about learn to read reading is fun is that political i think we could i 
well, we know math is racist, so maybe we can't say math is, you know, everyone should learn math because it's racist. But can't we just go back to posters that had nothing to do with anything that could be deemed political? There are plenty of posters out there, plenty that you could put up or just don't have posters, have, have a nicely painted wall. I, I would be okay with that. Anyway, the two sophomore students, there were two sophomore incoming, I guess, sophomore students, Bethany Proven and Britt Farrer. Bethany who, and Britt. Bethany and Britt. There we yeah. go. Bethany and Britt, who created a petition back in July mm -hmm. on change.org against the school policy. And at least as of now, it had about 14,000 signatures. According to them, according to what the petition says, we are both a part of the LGBTQIA plus community. When walking into a classroom where we see a pride flag hanging up, we have a sense of comfort and acceptance. We already walk through the halls with fear. We both have experienced very hateful and homophobic comments in the halls of our high school. A pride flag is not a political thing. Loving someone is not political. Think of all the students, kids, who are scared to go home because they don't have the support of their families. But when they walk into <clears throat> to school, into to school, this is written by sophomores, by the way, <laughs> uh, and their teacher has a pride flag hanging on the wall, they finally feel safe and supported. This is the argument I have against the, this entire thing, that we need to somehow be like what Superman Clark Kent and have like we have to have the logo be seen for it to be a thing if, if you don't have that pride flag obviously then you are a hater and you are you can't feel yeah. safe you have to have it out there why are we doing that why is any of this necessary because of where we are in the classroom how we get let them get so far out of hand and by the way I think that was her in the video that says I'm a person um, but comfort and acceptance let's think about that as she is comforted by the the pride flag I'm comforted and I w w wish that most people would accept a cross or the American flag. Those are comforting to me in acceptance as far as what's most important in life and our nation's history, the, the flag. So those things, they would say, oh, it's political. But what are you going to do? You put your, your rainbow flag up there, and which is, by the way, a, a, a perversion of the original rainbow that God created from the book of Genesis. Read up on that if you don't know that story. But so I would say that, okay, you're going to put those up. Well, now we're back to what don't you put up? Exactly. When we come back, schools consider shorter weeks as they struggle to attract teachers and pay rising costs. That's next. Today's show is sponsored by our friends at MyPillow. Save up to 66% on pristine quality bedding towels, slippers, signature pillows, and much more when you use the code EDUCATED. That's E-D-U-C-A-T-E-D, -E EDUCATED. Support this show and a great American company. It's back to school time, but maybe not for the usual five day a week in both the United States and England, and we'll get specifically to England later, uh, school administrators are considering dropping days. In the U.S., there's a teacher shortage like every other year, but some districts are going to a four-day school week, and others are having to drop requirements to get teachers into the classrooms. Let's take a look. The teacher shortage shortening school weeks 
25 states have at least one district using a four-day week school schedule. Researchers from the RAND Corporation collecting data from Idaho, New Mexico, and Oklahoma, and administrative data from other states. Finding English and math test scores shows students on the four-day school week have lower scores over time when compared with peers on a five-day schedule. Four-day school week is a uh, solution in search of a problem. There's absolutely no reason to be doing it. A shorter school week, one strategy to mitigate teacher shortages, dropping a college degree, another. Arizona no longer requiring teachers to have a bachelor's. In Florida, military vets can teach without degrees. Education Secretary Miguel Cardona questioned about the impact of education, not giving a direct answer. What kind of damage are we going to cause in the, in, to a, a generation here right. who are going to be taught by underqualified teachers? Well, if you've heard my interviews, you've heard me say um, this teacher shortage issue is a symptom of what I call a uh, teacher respect issue. But even before the pandemic and recent changes, test scores were dismal. The 2019 Nations Report card found only 31% of 12th graders were proficient in reading, 21% in math. Alina Adams is a mom of three and New York City Schools watchdog. So right now we have teachers who have all been certified a particular way. And 50% of the students in New York City are graduating not college ready. So is that degree some kind of a magic bullet? I can't imagine that it is looking at the statistics. And there you have it. That's what's happening across the United States, at least. Mm -hmm. We have possibly shorter school weeks, which test scores are already low, horribly low. And then it's showing that they're probably going to be even lower. Yep. And then the teacher requirements are going to be shortened because we have a teacher shortage. So, hey, any warm body, get in there and teach the children. That's what's happening over here in the U.S. But what's happening over in England? Oh, across the pond, they're kind of doing even more drastic than us. They're considering a three-day week uh, because they're struggling to pay the teacher salary rises and the crippling energy costs. You thought energy costs are bad over here in the United States of America. Well, you go across a pond over to Europe and you're going to see even worse. And so uh, the head teachers over there, they're called head teachers, you know, in fancy, uh, yes. fancy England, they're considering implementing this three-day week to kind of combat that uh, to to deal with especially the the energy costs and having you know staff salaries be rising faster than the budgets will allow. Now uh, across all of England, school heads are holding these crisis meetings. They're having to hold crisis, crisis meetings, crisis with trustees and board of governors over the summer holidays. Oh no, they had to work over the holidays. Well, uh, to be able to plan ahead to know what to do, especially come winter time, it gets. You know, maybe not as cold as where you may live here in the U.S., but it does still get cold over there in England. Uh, and so the teachers uh, are being basically set to be awarded here in, in coming in September uh, with another pay increase. And so that's going to exacerbate the problem. And then you have the energy costs, David. It's going, they're estimating that the energy costs are going to increase by 300%. Wow. So it's going to be insane for these schools to be able to fund anything. So uh, at least the chief executive of one of the leading academy trustees in the country said that shorter school days, fewer after school clubs and enrichment opportunities and draconian restrictions on energy usage will mm. become a reality for all trusts. And the situation is particularly challenging for smaller trusts or, you know, small groupings of schools. So, hey, 
the U.S. has its problems, but hey, at least England is worse than us. Is that a positive? Yeah. I, well, I just, by the way, no school days would be great. But anyway, <laughs> um, I want to go back to one thing that Education Secretary Miguel Cardona said. Listen to this. He said, what type of damage are we doing? Are, are we going to cause a generation taught by underqualified teachers? Go back 20 years, 30 years, we've been asking this question, what kind of damage are we going to cause to a generation taught by underqualified teachers? Our question exactly. All right, before we go is up next. Plus, we've got fun facts for you. Don't go anywhere. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment for Katie, David, or any of our other show hosts, simply visit stayeducated.org. That's stayeducated.org and submit your question or comment. Our team loves to hear from you and might just give you a shout out on air. Again, visit stayeducated.org and connect with us. All right, before we go, Cell phone dead zones may soon be a thing of the past. Why? Elon Musk's SpaceX and T-Mobile are joining forces to make it happen. Using Musk's Starlink satellite, SpaceX says it will be able to provide service in the half million square miles currently unreached by cell signals in the US. The company claims the service aims to work with the phone already in your pocket. The vast majority of smartphones already on T-Mobile's network will be compatible with the new service with no extra equipment needed. Earlier this year, SpaceX signed a deal with Hawaiian Airlines to provide free wireless internet for passengers using Starlink in flight. Katie, this is exciting news for people living out in God's country, isn't it? That it is. My parents to this day <laughs> have issues out there. They do not have the internet Ooh. out in the, the sticks that I grew up in. And so if they can get better cell service out there, that would be delightful as well. Well, you're going to need a strong constitution to handle the latest series being released by Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, do I have to say this? Hillary Clinton is back with her daughter Chelsea in an eight-part documentary entitled Gutsy. Based off Hillary's New York Times best-selling book, The Book of Gutsy Women, the series claims to follow mother and daughter on a thought-provoking journey to speak with pioneering women artists, activists, community leaders, and other Democrats and everyday heroes who show what it truly means to be gutsy. Here's the latest preview. Okay, here we go. We're hitting the road to shine a light on women who inspire us to be bolder and braver. Leadership doesn't look one way. It's a giant rainbow. You're not gonna break me down. You'll get worn out before I do. Women who push us outside our comfort zone. You got this. And make us laugh. I'm in deep Georgia, and they might have never met a Muslim. Or they don't know they have. Or they don't know they have. Because we walk among you. <laughs> You have a marriage that has been on public display Ooh. since the beginning. You said the gutsiest thing you ever did was stay in your marriage. That doesn't mean that's right for everybody. I'm gonna live like I've never lived before. Oh, sorry about that. My apologies. Um, it said women that inspire you. I could have sworn I saw a drag queen there. But anyway, let's move on. Once again, the eight-part series of Gutsy will be released on Apple TV Plus this Friday, September 9th. Katie... Should we add this to our watch list? 
That is your choice. <laughs> she was very restrained on that response, mm. don't you think? Finally, I'm, let's I'm wrap gutsy. things up. What? I'm gutsy. Okay. Let's wrap things up with a little holiday cheer as the famed seasonal classic, A Christmas Story, is getting a sequel. Here's a quick look at that 1983 cult favorite. In this modern age, Perfect. too many people have lost sight of the true meaning of Christmas. Mom! Hush! Shut up, Ralphie! So now, in the spirit of the original... I made you! Stop! Traditional... American Christmas. Thanks a lot! MGM presents A Christmas Story. So the original movie followed a kid named Ralphie who desperately wanted a Red Ryder BB gun in the 1940s. The sequel will see Peter Billingsley return as the grown-up character now in the 70s. Uh, Ralphie, now a father, will bring his family to his childhood home for the holiday where he'll reconnect with childhood friends and deal with the death of his father. A Christmas Story Christmas will be released on HBO Max in November. Katie, is the original a Christmas story, a must-see for you every year, as it is for most people. No. No? I'm one of those who doesn't, but it is for my husband, and therefore now I must see it. But I am a Christmas vacation fan. So. For me, it's a wonderful life. You uh, cannot Wholesome, top. fine. You, you go wholesome, top. I go It's a wonderful life. Opposite. Numero uno. But that wraps up this segment. More to come next time. All right, before we let you go, David and I want to find more ways to embarrass ourselves as, <laughs> as we continue to do this. Every day. So what better way to do that than to share some fun facts about us? And uh, it's time to learn a little bit of the secrets about us. Today, my fun fact for you is that argyle is the perfect pattern for any sweater. Come at me with your arguments saying otherwise. Look at those argyles. That's amazing. And that's not even the half of them. Literally the half of them. I counted. I have wow. more than 20. Awesome. Well, my fun fact of the day is I've worked on and off in radio since my senior year in high school and no experience, just walked in and they hired me because they like my upbeat personality. So that got me a job and um, so that was fun. Did they tell you you have a face for radio as well? I've heard that quite a bit hmm. and I still don't know what that means, but. Now, as always, make sure you smash that like button if you're watching us here on the social media and do please send us your feedback at stayeducated.org. For David and myself, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening and thank you for supporting this show. Until next time, stay educated. Educated is directed and produced by Mike Menzel. Hosted by Katie Petrick and David Fiorazzo. Makeup and hair by Katie Scholl. Graphics designed by Dan Kaler. Educated is owned by Freedom Project Media. See other shows and content at freedomproject.com or download the Freedom Project Media app. Copyright 2022.